Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Mm-hmm. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. I hope you're ready. Kids set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with me. I'm support, or support. With Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, ball, ball. With June, who's really tall. They have fun, fun, fun. Interviewing comedians. I'm not support, or support. With Michelle, who's really short. Support podcast brought to you by the Hot Breath Comedy Network. Welcome to the award-winning Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with Michelle with one L, Trisha's sister, Rhonda Colson, Corey's friend, the Michelle Van Dusen. Michelle, I got a new camera. Can you tell? No, um, this is like a tootsie moment. You know, how do I look? Up. Wait, not that close, not that close. Back up, back up. Better? <laughs> oh, it's man. new toys. I'm excited. New toys. Yeah, I don't have any new toys. I'm kind of disappointed with myself. That. Oh, wait, I take that back. I did get some new Legos on a trip recently, so... <sighs> Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. Hey, is your microphone plugged in? Is the light on? Yes, the light is on. Can you hear me? I hear you now. I hear you now. Um, (laughs) Michelle, it's a sickness you have. These Legos, it's a sickness. I am concerned. I wonder, I'm going to Google, is there there a um, Lego addiction support group? Is there Lego addiction support group? Let's well, see. I think we're still trying to build the set for that. So <laughs> there is not. So what have you been doing? I, it's been a minute. Um, I was watching one of your reels recently and uh, you were pouring some strange things into your ears. What? Why? What was that all about? Michelle, we're not moving on from your addiction. It's called <laughs> brick diction. <laughs> you have a brick diction. <laughs> There's a seven-step recovery guide on Amazon that you can purchase. I think I know what Van Dusen's getting for Christmas this year. And I believe that Rhonda Corey would go in on that purchase with me. Yes, that has been your first Rhonda Corey moment of the last support podcast. That was the second one. Brick Diction. (laughs) Brick Diction. Wow, I said it. I said it correctly. So there we go. We are set for today. anybody has it. If anybody has it, it's you for sure, for sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I still have, I still own a house, so I'm good still. So yes. until I, until I lose my house, um, I think, I think we're good. And you know, here's the deal. Uh, I don't just throw my Legos all over the floor, you know, where uh-huh. people can just step on them. Like, okay, yeah. that's mm-mm. no, I have them in a display case. Yeah. They're looking like this guy will be, you know, will be headed there soon. He also has a little bow and arrow kind of a thing. He'll go in his little display case, not get any dust mm-hmm. on him. So, well, it, 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 here's the thing of all the addictions to have, if you do lose your home because of that addiction, you'll have enough bricks to just build another one. <laughs> 
you don't yes. even have to worry about it. <laughs> that is true. So I'll, I'll I'll be fine. I mean, no no cardboard home for this girl. No. no. Yes. So. Yes. Michelle, let's talk about my t-shirt. Oh let's my gosh, talk your t-shirt about is adorable. What's the deal with your t-shirt? I mean, you know, you're purple, wearing purple, purple. rain, purple rain. People love to hear me sing purple rain. No one actually likes to hear me sing purple and rain. Okay. So I recently had a birthday and my birthday and Prince, um, his birthday was on the same day. And when I was younger, I was obsessed with Prince because he was so dramatic. He was just so just so dramatic. And I was like that dramatic teenager who's like, I'm painting my walls gray and I had drama mask on the wall and I'm like, everything is dark and sad. I'm such the opposite of that like little girl now. I'm like, who is that? I, I, I just want to go back and, 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 and smack my teenage face around a little bit and go, stop it. Stop it. You're annoying everyone. But I guess I just, I just, flipped it to a different type of annoyance. So that's yeah. okay. Dory McLemore, our friend Dory McLemore, comedian Dory McLemore, bought me this, had it shipped to an Airbnb we were staying in to arrive on my birthday. So that's pretty Very cool. Pretty. And then, you know, and then my friend Michelle Van Dusen brought me Here we go. gifts every six minutes for my birthday. It's good to be hanging out with your friends. Like yeah. your birthday week? Just, just you know, no Legos. I didn't give you any Legos. You're no. welcome. Yes, so. you did. What's what? your? Oh, I did. <laughs> Michelle, you gave me Legos for my birthday, which makes me think, <laughs> re-gift. You re-gifted me, didn't you? That was a Lego no, you already had. That was brand new. Brand new. I have, what did you I give me? Own. What did you give me and why? I gave you uh, an Eeyore keychain. Yes. Um... Because I thought at one point you mentioned that your mom was Eeyore or you had an Eeyore moment with her. Somewhere along the conversation, we've had an Eeyore conversation at some point. And so I saw like, oh, I got to make sure I get that. Like that was the only, it was something anyway. And it was your birthday. And Michelle, I used to tease you and say that you were the Eeyore and I was the Tigger. Like well, You were like... Anyway, June, and I'm like, what? What? Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! You forgot even why you gave me Eeyore. Um, I used to call you Eeyore. So, so that what I did basically is I gave you something. I know at some point I'll be getting back. That's how that worked because that was a Lego. No, crazy, okay. crazy. Listen, uh, we we've got a busy, busy day today. So um, we do. I, I'm I'm looking forward to introducing our our guest and getting off the subject of Legos and my brick addiction and all that thing or whatever you called it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, let me just uh, say Rhonda Corey. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's just swap that around. Well, I can't wait for you to introduce our guest. Cause I would like to find out if he has a brick addiction and if he identifies with any of the Winnie the Pooh characters, if there's a character that he identifies with. So tell us Michelle Van Dusen, who's on the show today. Okay, so our guest today is a blogger, a writer, a podcaster, and a comedian. He's performed from coast to coast. He's opening for the likes of Darren Carter, Preacher Lawson, Craig Shoemaker, and and, and more. And he's uh, he co-wrote the Facebook watch show, Abracadabra. He's written for uh, Adam Yenzer's Cancelled News. We saw him at, at um, Dry Bar. Okay. We uh, and he's been on, ooh, 
And he's been a Babylon Bee headline contributor. Ooh. Ooh, I can't wait. Let's go. Yeah. He's the host of the Clean Comedy Podcast and the creator of Comedy Preneur. Let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, our friend and now yours, James D. Creviston. Woo! I am. <laughs> that That's the welcome from our screaming goat, James. I love our it. Screaming goat likes to welcome all of our guests. Welcome to the show, James. Well, I'm so happy to be here. You guys are awesome. Okay. I. I do not have a brick addiction. I, I used to. Um, also, is that the is that the fox from the Disney uh, Robin Hood? Is that what that is? Yes, it is. All right, Oodalali, Oodalali. That's all I have to say to that. I love that movie. <laughs> that was like my, my that's my only favorite Disney movie, by the way. And I've got oh the, the, oh there you go. I got is that Prince John John? Yep. Little little John whatever. Yep. Yep. The little John's the little John is the is the uh big guy. It's like a bear, I think. Yeah, that's right. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Yes, that's the song. I'll have that in my head all day long. Oodalolly Oodalolly is the is the thing that I get all the time. Yes, I I had a whole different song in my head this morning, so I'm glad to to replace it with that. That's amazing. All right, James, we're so excited to have you on our podcast. We know that you have a podcast um, yourself, and so this is no uh, area of of, uh, non-comfort zone. Um, Hopefully, you're not too judgmental on mine and Michelle's you know, tech skills and podcasting skills, but we are thrilled to death that you agreed to come and hang out with us today. So our podcast is called Laugh Support. And so we just dive right in to find out when you began comedy, James, who was somebody who was there for you from the beginning that was Laugh Support? Yeah, it was my wife, actually, because I I was about to turn 35 when I started stand up. So it was about nine months before I turned 35. And uh, my wife was like, uh, she's like, is there anything you ever wanted to do before you, you know, like that you haven't got to do? And I was like, well, I always want to do stand up, but, but you know, you got to be like famous. You have to have like a TV show. Like I assumed all these things, right? I knew nothing about what stand up was. And so uh, she's like, no, 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 we should, you should like do a class or whatever. So she found me a class and I took a class and had a, had a comedy coach for a little while and then did uh, half an hour of stand up for my 35th birthday and sold out the room and uh, preacher Lawson was a friend of mine at the time and you did this great show and it was awesome. Uh, just so you know, all of that, like 15 minutes of that was good. The rest of it was all junk. Like it was not good stand up. Don't anyone who wants to do stand up, don't try to do half an hour of material or build that up in like nine months. It takes a long time to build up half an hour set. June, you, you guys know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. So Yes. And you're not, but you're not the first comedian to tell us that, that they went out and they did 30 minutes. They did an hour because they didn't know better. You know, they were just like, they're just like, this is how it goes. And I'm just going to keep telling stories. And, and a lot of people are like, don't invite your friends early because they're going to be like, oh yeah, she's, she's terrible. And, (laughs) and they're like in your, they're in your neighborhood. I walked into Sam's club the other day and I saw a guy come out that I, he saw me bomb like, horribly and that's the only time this dude's ever seen me and now i gotta oh. see him every time i go to the sam's club i'm like this guy, <laughs> this guy. but that's so cool that your wife uh, at your birthday i love that you're like my 35th birthday she's like what have you not done as if you're gonna yeah. 36 like we gotta do this 
you're so old now, James. But but I think that um, yeah, right? I feel like I feel old. I felt old at thirty. I seriously though, I was having like my midlife crisis then, where I was like, ah, this is it. I've done nothing in my life, and my wife was like, all right, well, let's figure out what you need to do. You know, what are you if like? You're just seven now. Please, right. I'm, I'm gonna turn 42. 42 this year. Ooh, you're still babies. You're just babies. Yeah. <laughs> we keep interviewing babies, June. I know, I know, but but here here's the deal, people. Thirty five is young, and I think that a lot of times we have these lies that we tell ourselves about stepping out and doing something out of our comfort zone. And one of the lies is I'm too old for this. We just listened to a comedian named Nazareth. This last week, Michelle and I did. And now one of the things he said was comedy is ageless. You see George Burns, who was doing comedy at like 100 years old, right? That that that's definitely a lie about comedy is that that you cap out, that you age out. You can really start it at about any time in your life. And that's so cool that your wife was so supportive as you as you did that. So your first time out, 30 minutes, everybody came out to listen. Then what? Uh, then people were like, Hey, you should keep doing this. Like I had friends and family and everyone that came out, like you should keep doing this. Cause I had done like little shows to prepare and, and do that to get up to it. But that was a, was a big thing. And they're like, you, when are you going to do another show? When are you going to do it? And I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I should keep doing this. And then preacher was there with me and he was like, Hey man, you got to keep doing this. Like you, he's like, you see how hard it is to build the set. Like now, now it's time to like go back and rework and, and keep going. You're, you're going to have stuff there. And I was always like, dude, you're going to be way more famous than I'll ever be. Right. And I like, I told that a long time ago, I was like, you're gonna be way more famous than I'll ever be. He's like, just, just keep doing it. Just keep working. You, you'll be okay. And uh, sure enough, he's, if you don't know preacher Lawson, then probably you haven't watched TV ever in your life. I don't know. He's like everywhere, <laughs> but, uh, but he is way more famous than I am. And uh, he's just he's just a great person. And so I've always taken that to heart of like, just keep working at it. And also right around that same time frame, I did the Queen Comedy Challenge. And that's where I, I met Michelle at that Queen Comedy Challenge. That was like my first time of ever doing stand up either in like any kind of competition form. And I had no idea what I was doing still at that point. But I had a lot of great people give me tips. Uh, Robert G. Lee became a mentor of mine at that time. So mm -hmm. it was like there was. There was a lot that I learned in a short amount of time. I, I felt like I just like took off running like right away. So I, I enjoy it. I, I, you're I, right, I, though. Aging on a comedy is, is hard. I believe sure. you were uh, number five. You were contestant number five, right? I think that is right. I think that is yeah. right, actually. Yeah. I, I probably have pictures somewhere. I, I Yeah. I was terrified. I don't know if you know that, but I was terrified the entire time because I was like, everyone here has done like when they were like going over like how long you've been doing stand-up like everyone there was like years and it was like seven months you know and they're like what and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just here uh you you actually you actually did an excellent job um i <laughs> totally bombed that year uh during that that time frame uh and that's, that's when I walk up stage that I'll pray for you. Like that was not a good way <laughs> to, to end uh, what I was doing. So um, I, I thought you did a great job. So, and I'm, I'm glad that you had good advice from preacher to tell you to keep doing it, you know, keep working at it and that you're making these, the, the strides to step out and do these things. I think that's, and I, I do have a very important question. Does your wife have a name? You know, oh, her I'm name just... is Crystal, Crystal with a K. Yes, she does okay. have a name. So and we have Crystal. a joke, a whole joke about that with her name and kid names and girl names and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Crystal. 
yeah, she's she's a saint. She kicks me out of the house. Literally, she'll be like, like I'll be riding because I do a lot of riding stuff, and she'll be like, "All right, um, are you going anywhere tonight?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, the guys asked if I was going to go do a spa with them, but yeah, I'm it's fine. I don't want to." She's like, "You should go. Like, just go." So I think she parties when I leave. I don't know what happens, but I'm not here. <laughs> so <it doesn't> <laughs> yes, I've been I've been buying my husband golf supplies and just he was like, really, no, get out more. No, go do things with your friends, honey. It's yeah. just makes your marriage more harmonious. No, that's awesome that she she was one of your first um supports. Not everybody gets that. Yeah. Uh and it is um it's an unusual journey. It's a uh it can be very as you said, you were scared to death in the competition. Terrified. So it, Terrified. It, it it really can just weigh on your emotions and stress levels and can get in your head if you're not careful and you don't surround yourself with people who are uplifting and encouraging. If if you did that 30 minutes and your friends were like, uh, okay, 15 of that was okay, but the rest was horrible, James, you may have never stepped out and done that again. But then you had people who who saw you and kind of lifted you up as you did that. But I wonder like in the journey, so you started out with this great support system. Ha has there ever been a time that you felt like nobody was supporting you, that you felt like just you were on the island of James and and nobody got what you were doing? No, I think I've always had been, been lucky enough to surround myself with good people who had good friends who always lift me up. I don't, I've never had, I think I've been my only person to ever like bring me down to be like, mm -hmm. dude, what are you doing? Like that, that's, I don't, don't know if you, either of you have ever experienced this. You're about to go do your set. And right before you go up, you go, you know, this might not be for me. I probably shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this, maybe I should just give up. Like, why, why am I wasting everyone's time with this? Like I've done that. Like early, early in my career, I was doing that. I would talk myself out of doing stand up, And I was like, yeah, you know, do I, I don't know. I'm not adding anything to this show that I probably shouldn't be here. So I have been my only critic or worst enemy. I have had a lot of people, a lot of friends who are always like, dude, you got this. You're good. Like, let's go. You know, one of my great friends who I, who I travel with and talk to all the time, I probably talk to him every week uh, is David Studebaker. He has also done a dry bar uh, comedy special. And he is always like, you got this, like you get out of your head. Just you're funny. We have fun. Like you're naturally funny. Just, just do it. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Cause I will beat myself. Up. I'll do a show and literally walk off and be like, that sucked. This sucked. Da, da, da. Like mm -hmm. I'll just like start beating myself up. I don't know. You guys probably don't do that cause you're better than me, but I like, I do that all the time. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know anything what you're talking about. I've never, yeah, never yeah, beaten. I didn't think so. What? No. Go ahead, June. Say something good. <laughs> no, Michelle's amazing every time she goes on. She fears nothing. No, I think we all we have all had that. And I think that yeah. um, especially if you're doing comedy, clean comedy, and you're doing it in a way that honors God, there's an enemy out there that's like, nope, I don't want you doing it like that. And so, I mean, right right before I go on, I literally I look at myself in a mirror. I Like I find my reflection somewhere and I just tell God, like, get me out of the way. Just you have to take control because I, I do struggle so much with that, with that just um, voices saying you're going to forget and they're not going to like you. And like all of that starts swirling around me. And in the beginning, I, you know, Michelle, the podcast is called Laugh Support. In the beginning, when those things would happen, I would text Michelle. I would text Rhonda Corey, another Rhonda Corey Colson moment. <laughs> um, I would text my friends and say, pray for me. Like the vo I knew that was not the voice of God. That was the voice of the enemy trying to make me fearful and insecure. And 
Um, and man, I, I, after doing this podcast for three seasons, we've learned that that's that's a story for a lot of people. So, so you had that going on in your head. How did you, how did you shut that down? How have you learned to, to control that when that starts to creep in? Uh, at first when I like probably about for my first five years or so, I was just constantly in my head on stage. And then, um, I had a few friends of mine say, Hey, you don't look like you're having fun on stage. That's not a mm -hmm. good thing to say to a comedian or hear from your comedy friends. So I said, okay, well, what should I do? And I had two friends, uh, again, David Studebaker and my other friend, Paul Moomjean, uh, both of them are amazing, who said, you should either take an acting class or take an improv class. So I took an improv class and immediately I felt better. I felt more comfortable of like, okay, I can just naturally be in the moment. And so that has changed my standup in the last two years, year and a half or so has really changed how I do stand up. And so... I feel way more comfortable doing. It. I also feel more comfortable doing um, crowd work, which I didn't feel mm -hmm. comfortable doing before because I, I would avoid crowd work at always as much as I possibly could. But now I don't feel so weird about it. So it's good. And I think improv is the thing that helped me go, okay, I can naturally be funny. I am already naturally funny. Now I can take that on stage and be comfortable with whatever happens. And so that was, mm -hmm. that was a big step forward. And then the other thing, it was just, honestly like also pr like making sure i said that prayer before i go on stage like all right god just please help me i know that you know just let good things happen here let me be able to you know remember what i'm supposed to say let me be able to have fun let the crowd be able to have fun let the energy be there and then just you know so far so far it's worked out i, I can't complain now it's, it's opened a lot of doors since i started since i kind of shifted my mindset there that's so good that's so good. I mean, that and that that really does. One of the things this past weekend, uh, um, uh, Rhonda Corey said to me uh, <laughs> before I got on stage, she goes, have fun, have fun. Yes. Because she knew she knew I was in my head. She knew yep. that I was in my head. And um, it was it was bothersome because it was one of those moments where I was like, OK, am I starting with this? Am I starting with that? Am I starting with this? Am I starting? And I started I was trying to analyze all these things. Oh, we got kids here. We got this here. And I was getting all, and she's like, have fun. I'm like, okay. All right. So yeah, it's, it's really, it seems like it's getting in your head is a lot of performers hangups. And I love mm -hmm. your friends told you to take an acting class or an improv class mm -hmm. because that is so vital because that's part of the whole stage fright thing of, you know, so I just, I, I love this. Oh, Jay, this is so good. All right. Jude, next question. <laughs> well, I was, no, I was at that show with Michelle and and here's just a, just a side note. So Rhonda tells her to have fun. Michelle gets out of her head and into the room because what she did was now she's paying attention to the other artists that are on the stage mm -hmm. and the person before her did this whole bit. I think it was about sweat or spit or something. I don't know what. And she came on stage with a napkin and just started by wiping down the mic and everybody knew exactly <laughs> what she was doing. But if she stayed in her head, she would have never heard what was going on in the room and she couldn't have, have jumped on that. Now I, you know, in the beginning, everybody always tells you that they're like, just go have fun, just have fun. And I'm like, I can't, I'm freaking out. Right? I'm like, I want to have fun. Do you think I don't want to have fun? But it really takes just working your material and getting into the craft. And I think for you, James, it sounds like you figured out like, 
what was the fear factor that you had? And you were able to kind of uh, attack that with with the acting and with the improv and having another tool in your tool belt to allow you to relax. Am I, am I on to something there? Oh yeah, exactly what it was. Cause I was getting, cause you know, like, I I don't know what you guys do for, for, for your like set list, but I have, have little cards like this that I write in in big black um, Sharpie for, for my set list. And I will, and I am, I don't know if I'm OCD or not, but I will write it then I will tear that up. Then I will write it again. Then I'll tear it up. Then I will sit there and try to memorize, see it in my head again and write it all out for the third time and hold on to that one. So I don't know that I don't know if it's like some weird ritual or something that I've, that I've done for myself. So I do that. And, but I would be by the book. Like I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do like, I would put it in order and I would make sure I would do like, does this segue properly here? Does this, so I would be way in my head about the set and then, you could see it. You could see my brain. Like if you probably looked at my head, you could see the brain, like, like a little mouse in there, just ticking off the next thing. Like, Oh, here's the next one. Now let's do the next one. And so I wasn't having fun. Cause I was in here going, is that the joke? Okay, good. Did I say that thing? Okay, good. And then like, mm-hmm. so it was then improv gave me of, Hey, you have to be in this moment. You can't be in your own head. You have to be listening to other people, paying attention to the room, seeing what's going on and, and then adding something to it. And then when I finally did that, we're good. Everything's everything clicked. I love improv, mm. by the way. So I want to do more of it, and I want to do like sketch writing and stuff like that eventually in the future. But for now, stand up is the is the thing. Well, let's talk about. You mentioned writing. Let's talk about. Um, so the Babylon Bee. You've been able to write <laughs> for them. Um, yes, that's what Michelle's card yes. looks like. Okay, so yeah, for those that's probably exactly right as well. Yes. Those listening, not watching Michelle's note card just says my brain and giant scribbles all over her note card. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my brain too. Um, But you, so you mentioned writing. So you, you, in Michelle's introduction, she mentioned the Babylon Bee and a couple of other um, people you've been able to write with. So tell us, I'm sure that people who are interesting in writing comedy and maybe not performing are probably like, how did that happen? Who was your laugh support in that? And how did you jump off into this writing section of your career? So writing started, actually writing started earlier than anything else. So um, I used to write jokes on Twitter when Twitter was like kind of big and, and there was a TV show on Comedy Central called At Midnight. And she would write funny stuff on there. And then I was, the that was the only social media I had. So I would like post stand-up clips, even when I was terrible. I didn't know any better. And I would post stand-up clips on there and a famous comedian that I unfortunately cannot name on the podcast because I signed an NDA reached out to me and asked if I would write clean jokes for them. And I said, sure, that'd be great. And they paid me a great amount of money to write jokes for them for about a year. So I wrote jokes for them for a year. And then I worked with them on a, um, on a TV pilot and then they got a TV show and then I was supposed to write on the second second or third season of that show. And then that show got canceled. So I did not get to write on that show. But it opened other doors because people had already seen me doing these things. And so then I got recruited to write this Facebook watch show, which has like, I think it's like probably now it's like 6 million views. But uh, it's called Abracadabra. It's about a guy who gets magical powers at a at a bar. And we wrote eight episodes. And I rewrote over the weekend. Me and the, and the main actor in it sat in a room on a Saturday afternoon and beat out the entire series. And then I just went home and wrote all these episodes. And then we just did notes and changes or whatever and stuff. And the show came out and it was awesome. And it was supposed to get a second season, but he got bigger because he was like a big YouTube guy. Anyways, got bigger. And that show went away. 
And then just snowballed into people saying, Hey, I saw you did this. Can you help me with this thing? And then mm. I started ghost writing a lot and writing a, different, a lot of different things. So I've worked on a different, a lot of different projects. Uh, I wrote a, a drama series that then they came back and said, we don't have the funding for the series, but we can make it into a movie. So can you help us take that series that you wrote and turn it into a movie? So that's supposed to come out this year sometime. Um, and I just constantly work on stuff. And it's, the thing is when you put things out in the world, then it'll come back to you. So if you're putting it out there and you're trying the world, the world will come back. Like the Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows what's happening. And they'll go, all right, but you obviously are trying to do something and you're doing the work. So now let me bless you with something good so you can move forward on that. But there's also times where you think you want to do something and the Lord's like, I'm going to let you do it, but that's not really what you're supposed to be doing. Like I, at one mm. point tried to be a police officer that did not work out. That's not for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be a good police. I'll be honest with you. I would, I'd be a terrible police officer. So, uh, but he, but he let me try. He was like, Hey, I'll fine. You want to do it? Here you go. Here's your opportunity. And I was like, nah, I got through the part of the Academy. I was like, you know what? This is not for me. I don't want to do this. It's not fun. Yeah. So, so I did go. a talk not long ago called good idea. God idea. And sometimes we have a good idea. It's a good idea. God's not mad about it. You know, he's like, that's a, that's a good idea. I love that you want to protect and serve your community, James, but that wasn't God's idea. That's not my idea. So yeah. And, and he allowed you to do that, but then showed you very quickly, like that that's not the place for you, but I'm sure you learn things during that time as well about yourself and, and, you know, yeah. that you've been able to carry with you as well. Yes, Michelle. Yeah. I was going to say, I would have been in it for the donuts, but here, okay, James, <laughs> I'm going to start saying some names. And I just want you to blink if it's the name you can't name. George Brady. <laughs> no. <laughs> Donald O'Connor. Uh, 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 Jimmy Stewart. No? Okay. None Ooh, of these Jimmy names. Jimmy Stewart. Okay. No, Jimmy I, I thought I would just throw out some names. No. <laughs> Is he dead? Is he June dead? dead? No? Okay. <laughs> I, I June trying. would never have me write jokes for her because her jokes are way better than jokes that I could write. So I'm not worried about that. <laughs> oh, She'd be like, this true, is garbage, James, and throw it out. <laughs> that is not garbage. true. I love, I love how much you've written and how you keep writing. Like, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And it just, one door, then the next, then the next. Um, that That's really exciting. Now, did you um, did you study, like, in college or, or, you know, high school, were you like big into writing or creative writing or any of that kind of stuff? Or is it just something that just shifted in you? Well, when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school, I was like a really quiet kid for like the first part of elementary school. And I would like draw and write stories. Mm -hmm. So I wrote like, okay, so I didn't know that Black Panther was a, was a actual real comic character when I was a kid. So I created like this whole Black Panther character that was basically a ripoff of Batman um, at the time. And so I would write and draw and do stuff. And a friend of mine and I would make comic books and then copy those and sell them to other kids. And I would do all the writing and he would do all the artwork and stuff. But then as I, I think I got to like third or fourth grade and teachers didn't like that. I wasn't paying attention. I would get all my work done. But they didn't like, mm. I was, wasn't paying attention. So they would take my stuff away and they wouldn't <gasps> let me draw or write. Oh. So then I became the class clown. Then I was the guy that would like talk to everybody and make people laugh. Cause I was like, I'm bored now. You have taken all my stuff. I'm going to just do whatever I want to do to entertain myself, which to get me into some trouble. Um, and then I just would constantly keep writing things or coming up with ideas. Or I would like, I was always like the guy that would tell funny stories or I don't know if you guys do this. I watch people out in the world and I make up whatever scenario I think is happening between them, whatever conversation is. I do that for my wife all the time. She's like dies laughing because she thinks it's so silly. Um, but then, but I did not go to school for that. I went to school. I wanted to be a history professor. I wanted to teach mm. American history 
that was my my goal. Like that's all I wanted to do. Like I love history. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and then I did not do it. I have a master's in, in history and I have a master's of business administration, but I hated both. I hated business stuff. And, uh, and also being a history professor does not pay any money. Not that comedy does either, but like, I don't know why, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but being a history professor doesn't pay that much. So I, I didn't pursue a PhD or anything like that, but I, I've always come up with silly ideas and funny stories or whatever. And people are like, Oh, you should just write stuff. And I was like, I, so I have like a million things written down there. Just sit on my hard drive or sit on my computer that I never do anything with, but I always have ideas in my phone. I constantly write down stuff that I think is funny, but no true, no like training or anything like that. It's just, I, I like to do stuff. Oh, James, you, you missed a perfect opportunity to be Dr. D. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, I may, I may, when I get old and like I'm done doing comedy, I may go get my PhD. Cause I would love to teach history. It's like my favorite subject in the world like so i would love to do it although i would love to be like wayne fetterman wayne fetterman teaches a history uh history of stand-up course at usc so i would love to do that like teach all about stand-up and teach about comedy throughout the ages and stuff because i love old school comedy like above my wall here you guys can't see it but i have um albums i collect albums from mm. comedians and stuff so i have uh ronnie dangerfield eddie murphy bob newhart and steve martin on my and they're, they're, it's always a constant reminder of like, these are the people that I want to be great like. And Rodney Dangerfield quit comedy and then came back later and, right. and blew up, you know. So, so you're right. You could start at any age or restart at any age, I guess, right? Yeah. So, so in your journey in comedy, um, has there been anyone who gave you a, a piece of advice or just kind of a... Uh, something that you latched onto that you feel like you've carried throughout the journey that you always return back to? Yeah, uh, it would be. So this piece of advice was from a comedian named Dwayne Perkins. If you guys haven't seen him, he also has a dry bar special. He's a great guy. Uh, we were doing a show together and he goes, uh, he goes, besides stand up, what do you do? And I go, oh, I do. I have a podcast. And he goes, oh, what else do you do? And I just sat there looking at him like an idiot, right? Like, I don't nothing. He's like, you should write stuff and you should uh, film stuff and you should create stuff and you should do. And he's like telling me all these things. And I'm like, oh, I should be making stuff more than just stand up and podcasting. So that's what I started doing was making different things. I took some, uh, video production stuff. I made some short films. Mm -hmm. I've done worked on other projects. So it's like, OK, and I'm constantly writing things. Either I'm writing a feature for myself or I'm writing a sketch or I'm writing uh, a TV pilot. Uh, I'm working on. At the same time, simultaneously, I'm working on a pilot uh, about my life as a stand-up and a book about my journey in uh, like in life and then becoming a stand-up. Because I think my journey to stand-up probably started when I was younger and everyone, when I was growing up, would say, oh, you're funny, you should do comedy or you should be a stand-up. And again, I didn't know that was a real job. I literally thought you had to be like... Mm -hmm. You had to be Tim Allen and have a TV show, and then you could do stand-up. I didn't realize it was the reverse order of that thing. So for a long time, that's what I that's what I assumed. So I was like, oh, I'll never be famous. So I'll never get to be a stand-up. So no big deal. Like I, you know, that's that's a great idea. It'd be awesome, but I don't want to be an actor. I don't want to be on TV. I still don't. I would like to be like basically Judd Apatow, I guess would be my my dream of like I do stand up, I make silly shows, I make silly movies, make people laugh, but I'm like the clean Judd Apatow. There's like, you know, we don't yes. do a lot of drugs and stuff in my movies, things like that. So <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Do you 
Do you have like do you take aspirin or Tylenol? I take or... I take Neuropeak. This is my <laughs> Neuropeak. It's I always yeah, take you it. Still oh, do I... drugs. That's all I'm saying. It's just you know the healthier kind for the old people. Metamucil. <laughs> 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 well, said... What are you doing? <laughs> well, I said this to my friends the other day because we were at a we were at, I did a show and it was sponsored by a tequila company, and they all brought tequila to the table to every comedian but me. I'm the only one that get didn't get anything. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what happened? And my buddy goes, he goes, you don't drink. And I'm like, I know, but they didn't even offer. Like no one offered. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, but you don't drink. And I'm like, I know, but like you guys, you also, when you guys go to smoke or do what, no one offers, no one says to me, Hey James, you want to join? No one. And they're like, and my buddy, Alan Cunningham, he goes, he goes, look, no offense, man, but you look like a narc. And I'm like, that's offensive. <laughs> He's like, you look like if I invited you to do drugs with me, you'd be like, hey, I called some of my cop friends to tell them where I was just in case something happened. I'm like, okay, that's what's happening. Nobody wants to offer me anything. So I never get offered. And I'm not one of the cool kids. Like no one offers me. They're like, James, you stay there by yourself. We're going to go do something. Not that I want to do it, but I want to be invited. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be invited one to week, go do stuff. One week in the academy. This is what your That's, life is now. It was one they, could, they could feel it. They could feel the police yeah. academy all over you. I, They're like, I guess. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, so you mentioned that you're writing a feature film for yourself. I do hope that yeah, you've serious. written um, you know, some other characters like short, fat, oh. redhead uh, person in there. And also, um, you also mentioned that you're writing a book. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know, James D. Greviston, one of my goals in life is to be mentioned oh, in geez. as many books as possible. And it's super simple. It's always simply like, Michelle Van Dusen, you know why you're here. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah. Like Michelle, you know- how many times already? This is a thing. There are lots of comedians that have Michelle's name in their books. Just that's it. Just one line, Michelle. It, it, it keeps going. Guess who? Guess who's trying to finish a book right now? There yeah. you go, Jim. And guess Dude. whose name is is in the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, your name will be in the book because there will be a whole section about like the Queen Comedy Challenge and stuff like that. So it's all the stuff that's really happened in my life, but like a kind of more fictionalized, silly version of how I got there. But it's yes. all the same story of of stand up. So if you've ever seen. Uh, the Pete Holmes show crashing. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on HBO. There's only three seasons. Judd Apatow directed it. See this, how it, my life happens. Judd Apatow directed it. And so it's the whole thing there. So it's a very uh, silly version of that. And it's all the funny things that happen because I literally just saw the other night, the guy who ran the first open mic I ever did in my entire life. Wow. Uh, his name is Greg Buckman. Uh, his wow is his catchphrase, believe it or not. So the fact that you just said that <laughs> is even funnier. But he, he has a catchphrase, this, wow. Like, so he does it. And I was doing my stand up, and he would go, wow. And then, like, I would just hear it. Like, and I have the actual audio recording of that set with wow. him saying, wow, on my phone still. So it's, I, and I created all of that. And I created like the first episode of where I meet the, my comedy coach who helped me, Steve North, who was the first comedy coach I ever worked with. And just so all these things and all these funny situations that I've been in. Um, you know, a fictionalized version of, of some people yeah. that I can't say their name because, you know, like you don't want to get sued, but Tara, if you, as a comedian, you know, things either go really well or they go mm-hmm. way off the rails and you're like, this is going to be an awesome story to tell somebody someday. So, yes. Yeah. Excellent. That's so the beauty of comedy. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm hearing June is 
closer to the end of his book, this episode will be in it. That's so right. there we and go. He'll be like, that's wow. what launched me into the stratosphere was the live support <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Michelle Van Dusen and the other co-host. That's what it'll say. <laughs> Well, James, we so appreciate you sharing so, your time with us. Um, it'll probably be between two and three weeks. So let's say do, if you have something on your calendar four weeks out that you want to share with us, you got anything what's, coming what's up that you want people to, to check out while you're looking that up? I'm going to go ahead and let our audience know that they can follow you, James, on Instagram, the clean comedy podcast, um, jameskreviston.com. And then comedypreneur.com. So if you want to, if you want to check out our buddy, James, um, he, he does have an amazing podcast. Uh, I, I was on that podcast mm -hmm. just within the last few months, I believe. And, um, and so how many, how many seasons, how many episodes are you into that? Do you know? Uh, we don't do seasons, uh, cause it's, it's constantly, there's one every single week. I think we're on episode 330. Wow. Something coming out. The next one's with Craig Shoemaker and, and he'll be invited on literally on the podcast. He invites me to go be his opener in lawful, like in the middle of the podcast just stops. Yeah. And just says, Hey, do you want to go open for me in lawful? And I'm like, yes, please. That would be awesome. Like, so, um, that was, that's. It's been great. Oh, there you go. June 29th through July 2nd in Laughlin, Nevada. There I am. There you go. That's amazing. Look at that. Hey, what would you say? Wow. <laughs> That's wow. a wow moment, James. Wow. So y'all check out check out James' podcast and, and follow him on social media. Uh, go to his website, jamecreviston.com to learn more about him and all the amazing upcoming projects and uh, we can't wait until your book comes out and Michelle's name is in it. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning me. <laughs> what else? No, uh, if you do it, I need you to spell it with two L's just because. No. <laughs> I have actually, I, I have actually written Michelle's name with two L's before. And I think she scolded me the one, the one time that I, that I did it. Right. Didn't you? I did. I, I did. No, I probably no. did. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. so sorry. So I remember, I remember now. No, it's okay. I totally <laughs> get it. I'm jealous of you guys because you got to go to CCA. So I'm hoping to go next year. That's like the big oh. goal because you, my, a ton of my friends went. Uh, you, you guys are obviously my friends too. Like Rhonda Corey was there. So there's a Rhonda Corey moment for you. Uh, Deanna Lane went there, who I love. Yes. She's like amazing. So it's like all these people went, and I'm like, I'm missing out on a great party that I should have been a part of. I, yeah. So I need to, yeah. I, June, June, I have to pick your brain because I, I tried to register. And I, for some reason, cannot get on the site. I think it's just like, it doesn't want me to go. So I don't know what's going on there. So Okay. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can help <laughs> you out with that. I know, um, I know there were some glitches in the system and there were certain people on, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there were certain people on certain platforms or whatever your cell phone provider was that was causing it to kick them out and not allow them to be able to do that. So, um, yeah. so yeah, we'll see. And if you can't get through to it, then I can help you get registered for that. So yeah, thanks, thanks for mentioning it. I hope that you are able to come and join us next year. So James, next June. thanks again, buddy, for being on here with us. Um, I look forward to seeing you on another future episode for those of, you know, we didn't mention this, but Michelle, James and um, myself, we, we actually have a mutual friend, Robert G. Lee, that James, you mentioned earlier, um, we're in a writer's group with, we get to run material together and it's always a pleasure whenever you're in that group, but I love hearing your stuff. So we look forward to seeing you in a future writer's room. So yeah. That's going to be it. Michelle's going to kick you to the back. Don't leave us. We want to give you a proper goodbye here in just a few moments. Okay, Michelle. Michelle, stop it.
Stop it, Michelle. How are you? Oh, you listen though. James said, he said, put it out there, right? Just put it out there. Mm -hmm. And he put stuff out there and look how it took off. You put it out there. You want to be in a, somebody's book and your name is in there, but look, yeah. you didn't even have to. And this one, you were already in there with the clean. Oh, no. How exciting is that? Like, that's like, Oh, exciting. Like there was another, um, uh, Stephen B wrote a book and I didn't know, but I was actually in it. I'm like, Oh, Look at that. Like that was exciting. So that's that's when I actually first got the um the idea of I want to be in as many books as possible, even if it's just a little thing. Like I thought, is is yes. there a Guinness Book World of Records kind of a deal? I don't know. Of course, I guess Jesus would be already won that because he's like in all the Bibles and that's a top seller. So that's true. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be hard to, to yeah. yeah. We're not trying to be Jesus. <laughs> no, sure. Maybe I'll okay. be in the most comedy books. How about that? There you go. There you go. Well, that that's cool. And we had speaking of Stephen B. He's been on an episode of Life Support Podcast. So jump back and and uh, search for him. That's another great episode of Life Support Podcast. All right, y'all. If you are listening to the Life Support Podcast, you can actually watch us on YouTube. So jump over there. You can see Michelle's note card with her brain and her scribbles. Um, you can see my purple rain t-shirt and you can see how weird my eyeballs are this week because I got a new camera and I know it, it looks like I'm completely looking into a whole maybe different planet. Like I, I don't know where to position this thing yet. So you can, you know, look at my awkward eye motions on, it not might that be not already a weird cartoon. Ears. It could be the extra salt water in my ears. That's right. All right. And listen, you can um, you can listen to us. If you're watching us, you can listen to us on all major podcasts platforms. And we would ask you to go to our Facebook page, go to our Instagram, like and follow us. We love your feedback. We love your comments. We love when you give us silly jokes um, because I'd rather hear yours than Michelle's. But that's it for this episode of Life Support Podcast. As I always tell you, Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, go ahead with your horrible mom joke. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Bring it. Uh, this one was submitted from Alejandro. He's a fourth grader. Uh, what do astronauts eat for dessert? Okay, wait. What? I just said, go ahead and give me your horrible mom joke. And you were like, a fourth grader named Alejandro. So now you make me be a jerk. Michelle, I love Alejandro and it's going to be an amazing joke. Now go ahead. What was it? Uh, what do astronauts eat for dessert? Mm. Oh, I think I know, but tell me. Mars bars. <gasps> I was thinking space pops. Oh, that's good. Space pops. Oh, right, no, guys. now I just corrected a fourth grader's joke. I'm sorry, Alejandro. You know what? If you want to submit a joke, you can at the laughs up at gmail.com. You guys, thank you for listening. Wait, 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 don't go anywhere. Wait, James what? chimed in and said he guessed moon pies. Oh. So James, James is a villain too, because he just corrected Alejandro's joke as well. So no, we just added just extra punches. That's all that was. All, all right. right. Go ahead. Close this out, Michelle. Let's go. That was it. Thanks for listening.